Hello and welcome to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. My name is Adam. Welcome. And my name is Ryan Sheehy, and this is a show where you have questions and we have answers. So, Adam, uh, how's everything been going this week? I saw that you, uh, I think you posted this morning that you've been running tens of miles. Yeah, you know, this was, this today was a, a season your legs day, and I, I can briefly explain. I ran, I ran a marathon a week ago today, and then I took Monday off and just been hitting the miles this week. Ran 10 yesterday, 10 today. This morning, my wife tells me, she asked me, why are you running so much? And you know what? I got the time and the weather's nice. And uh, why not and, uh, Why not get after it and make it happen? So, yeah, it's been good, man. How about you? What's, uh, what's going on? We just started spring break. So that was exciting to get to there. Um, we wrapped up with uh, fifth grade outdoor education last week at school. Nice. Um, always fun to get those kids outside the building and into um, the outdoor learning environment. So that was cool. And then... Um, just wrapped up. I'm submitting my manuscript today for um, the leadership book that I'm writing um, with uh, a couple other principals. So I'm pretty excited for that. Cool. Um, I thought that you and uh, you and Lynn just wrapped up. You guys are picking out cover designs for your new book. Yeah, our new book, uh, Empower Our Girls. Cover is um, almost done. Manuscript. I'll actually be sitting submitting the second one today with all the copy edits. So. Look for that book in the next couple months. We don't have a hard date to come out yet, but um, it's coming. And, dude, like, I mean, the books are cool, but, like, puppies, bro, like, you have six puppies and you have <laughs> you have two available. And I, I'm just going to attest, like, I, I did not grow up with dogs. I was actually afraid of dogs because I got, I got knocked over by a dog, uh, a big dog when I was really little. And it kind of traumatized me just towards dogs most of my life. And then my wife and I got married and we got a, a, a we rescued a, an old, like an eight year old golden retriever. And so I've been warming up to dogs and now I have another dog who's amazing. But if you want a puppy, these they're lab lab puppies, Ryan's labs. He has the female, the stud dog is out of Reno, Nevada. And this is your, this is your dog's second litter. And let me just tell you people, if you want an amazing puppy, I posted some pictures on my Instagram stories the other day, like the, their, <laughs> just their personality, their calm. And I think furthermore, the dogs from the last litter, you know where all of them are and you get updates and they're all yep. like amazing dogs. So if you, yep. there's two males left, I'm selling these dogs for you, Ryan. If you want a lab <laughs> puppy, send Ryan a message. And um, even if you're out of state, doesn't matter. Work something out. Make it make happen. It there we go. There we go. All right. Well, let's get let's get on to the show now. Some <laughs> questions. Uh, question number one: How do you feel about year-round school compared to a traditional school calendar? Um, I love seeing this question um, come through, and it was actually it's funny that as I read this, we had just done a philosophical chairs discussion with my staff, and this was the topic. Mm. Um, I I actually really like year-round school. I went to year-round school as an elementary student. And I found it very valuable for the fact of being able to go to school and then every once in a while have a little bit of a break to regroup. And it's not that long summer slide, right? We, we see so much regression over the summer in some of our students because unfortunately in 2019, we're not doing a lot of enrichment activities with our kids outside um, of the classroom and outside of the home. Um, now I know for my kids, that's not the case, but I know that I'm in the minority of what we do during the summer with our own kids. So I'm a big uh, proponent for year round school. I think 
I, I just think that there are so many awesome benefits to it, but you have to be really, you really have to work out the schedule to make sure it makes sense for everyone. Now in talking with different educators, some people really like their summers, um, but I think that burnout in the classroom and fatigue, um, instructional fatigue in the classroom is less in a traditional year round because you do have those built-in breaks. Yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I've never worked in a year-round school, but um, I definitely think that they are they're better in a lot of different senses. And a lot of people just say, oh, they can't work out. But I've actually known people to work in year-round districts, and you have three months on, three months off. You just don't have that big slide in the summertime. And yes, it does mess with summer vacations, but my gosh, I talk to parents, and they're like ready to send their kids back to school once vacation, you know, like a month into summer. So I think it's kind of like, you know, don't be careful what you wish for with the summer vacations. But I, I just, I think, I don't know if it'll ever, ever happen on a large scale across our country. And it's, yeah. it's one of those things, it's kind of, it's the industrialized model of education. I think the original calendar was so when people lived on farms, like when the majority of people lived on farms, they could have the whole summer off to, do work and harvest the farm. And as we know, that happens in some places, but most places this, it does not, it does not happen. So um, yeah, I would say, look at the calendar. It's time to change the calendar because it's 2019 and things need to change. It's, it's interesting because where we live, there's actually some districts that are year round and some districts that aren't. And most the predominantly we follow traditional, but I know we border some cities that do have the year-round calendar and it's interesting because i definitely see it impact swim season mm -hmm. uh, summer swim uh swim teams because those kids are going back to school usually august 1st is the start for them um when everybody else and they had just gotten out you know a month earlier than that as well so yeah it's interesting all right question number two what is your favorite thing about education right now you know there's a lot a lot of things and i would say my favorite thing about education right now is teachers just standing up teachers in Arizona and Oklahoma and Los Angeles, you know, standing up uh, for what they actually deserve. And that is um, higher pay, more counselors, more prep time, lower class sizes, because it is, it is time. Teachers do not make enough money. I can remember when I was a young 23-year-old teacher, I had two other jobs just to try to save enough money to do stuff and live and have a, have a savings account. And I would say that's my favorite thing happening in edu education right now. And, you know, like bold statement, I almost think that like all teachers across the country should just walk out. Uh, I don't think that'll ever happen. And I'm not actually proposing that or condoning it, but what is actually going to get people to basically politicians to stand up and like make changes and actually allocate more funding. I don't think this is a, is a, is a district issue because districts only have so much money coming from the state. Uh, yes, you can reallocate money within your district, but there's a lot of different programs that need support. It's more of a, a federal and a state, a state issue. So I would just say teachers keep standing up, keep fighting for what's right. And I know that we always have, I would just say it's gone up a level with the strikes and the walking out, which is hard because you're, you know, you're walking out on your classrooms and the kids are there and they're substitute teachers. And that's not the most ideal thing to have happen, but 
if we don't do that, nothing is going to happen. And it's kind of like civil, civil disobedience. I mean, think about Gandhi, you know, just like civil disobedience. And then you get changed. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's my favorite thing happening right now. Yeah, no, I, I like to see that as well. Um, one of my favorite things happening in education right now, I think, is they were finally focusing. On, we see the importance of the relationship piece, and we see the importance of um, using the relationship to drive student engagement um, and to work on developing the whole child, I think has been, you know, obviously that depends on the district, but I think globally in education, we've recognized that, um, which is about time because, you know, we've been saying it over and over and over again, relationship, relationship, relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think globally as a system, we're recognizing that and we're seeing that, that if an engaged classroom is a classroom that there is a positive relationship with the teacher and making sure that everybody's working well together. Um, that's one of the things I also like, I really like to see all the different um, ways we teach, the ways that people are using different models, whether it's design thinking or project-based learning or um, any kind of avid strategies or different strategies that are out there to really make sure that we tap into every learner style and making sure that every child has the, has the access to be, um, successful in the yeah. classroom and so yeah. i really i really enjoy seeing that right now yeah agreed question number three what are your thoughts about homework k5 <laughs> um i think we've we've talked about this before and um i think you know in elementary school too often homework is just assigned um a couple different packets or uh, photocopies and I, I don't feel like it's necessary um i i do think that reading is necessary as homework and um and it's not i don't like to quote unquote call it homework but it just we read each and every day and so that's the one thing at, at my site you will get each and every day you are expected to read um but outside of that there's no expectation coming from me because i don't i don't I haven't seen the results from it uh thousand percent uh show me research that shows homework does any bit of good it does homework does any bit of good uh there's none out there I can't stand when there's a homework assignment and 20% of it is actually curriculum and academic based. And then 80% is coloring that absolutely drives me nuts. And not just the battles that go on at home. I can remember my time as a principal, most of the meetings that I had homework came up as a negative thing. They were fighting about homework at home. And why are we doing this to families and forget that, you know, even if kids, People think that kids are overscheduled, but even if they're not overscheduled or they just have activities, why, why do we want to be giving them time, making them do things at home? And I also think, too, that teachers assign homework without ever getting feedback on that homework. They think the homework may only take 15 minutes, but it can take somebody two hours and it could take a child that is actually well equipped, well equipped academically two hours to do that homework just because like they're very meticulous and they take their time and they want to do it right. And the teacher says, oh, it should only take 15 minutes. Well, it should only take you 15 minutes, but it takes this child yeah. two hours just because of their personality and they want to do their best job. And that's just not fair. And then it just eats into so many other things, parts of the life. Um, and then they're stressing about it. And there's just there's no need. There's absolutely no need, in my opinion. So there you go. Question four, how do you keep everyone around you positive and motivated during crunch time? Uh, state tests and end of the year. Well, 
this is an interesting question, and I know there's a lot of different opinions about this on this question. And I'll just hark back to when I was a when I was a site principal, and I think there's a distinction between keeping everyone positive, positive, positive and motivated, and not just during crunch time, but kind of all the time. And I also don't think that it's really. I, I think that needs to be just embedded in your culture, and it's just a positive culture. I personally don't believe in the assemblies to get ready for testing. You get everybody pumped up to do their best job. I I personally just don't believe in that because then what if you don't do that or what kind of message are you saying? I, I can understand some of the underlying parts of that, but the the whole positive and motivated, I've said this before, like we are not cruise directors. We don't work on a cruise ship where we need to keep people entertained and positive and happy and smiling all the time. This is just part of what we do. It's part of testing and it's part of the end of the year. And there is so much fatigue that comes around with those things. I think personally, if you just have a positive culture all the time and you just address what you need to do, hey, we have testing, we have to get through it, we're going to get through it, and we're going to move on. Hey, it's the end of the year, it's busy, it's always busy, we're going to work together, we have great culture, we have great collegial relationships, we're going to get through this. But I think if you try to dress up and throw parties and have assemblies, I personally think you're just barking up the wrong tree and you're actually not setting a great precedent and example for lifelong learning and actually getting through things that you actually don't always want to do. I mean, this morning, yesterday, we did a ton of yard work in my house. And this morning, we're doing a ton of yard work. My clothes are filthy right now while I'm recording this podcast. And I didn't have to like pump up and be positive and motivate my kids. We own a house. We have yard work to do. Go get your gloves. Meet me in the backyard. And they do that. And I think it's not the perfect example, but I didn't sit them on the couch and try to pump them up and motivate them to do yard work, which I think is a fun thing to do. And not everybody does. It's not like the most enjoyable thing to do. And I think that's like my best example, like in comparison where, Hey, this is what we have to do. We're going to work together and we're going to do it. And that's how I think you keep everyone around you positive and motivated just kind of all the time. Don't take it upon yourself. And um, I just think the whole raw, raw piece, uh, I think it wears thin, and I don't think it has a lot lasting impact. No, I hear you. That That's interesting perspective on that, because it's one of the things that I look at right now. We are hitting from now until the end of the year. Uh, I think there's two days where we don't have some type of assessment, statewide assessment happening, uh, which is just bonkers to think about. And you do see this testing fatigue, and you see... Um, everything happening during this crunch time. And I look at culture as a whole. Yeah, um, we do need to keep that upbeat, positive culture. But that intrinsic uh, motivator is hard, um, especially in elementary school when you see um, in so many different programs, we do have outside incentives um, to make sure that kids are motivated to do that. And for me, it's more about teaching good test-taking strategies um, because that's going to be, that's a reality of life is to be able that you're going to need to know how to take a test and you're going to need to know how to make sure that you're doing your best on the test each and every time you take a test. Um, and one of my big things is I push, push out is that um, our testing scores don't um, define us, but our effort on everything we do does. 
Um, so make sure that uh, we are trying our absolute hardest on everything we do. I'm not a big um, assembly rah-rah, but I do go in and I do talk to students, making sure that, hey, I want to make sure that you are trying in every aspect of life. And I try not to hone in on just testing, but um, and just create that positive message. And it's not only during this time of the year, it's all year long, because um, if we get negative during this it just transforms our school each and every day. But I do, I think what you're, what you're talking about building that culture takes a long time and coming in for those people that are coming into sites as leaders. Um, and you haven't been able to create that. You have to, you do have to look for alternative ways to make sure that everybody is staying positive during the time. All right. Question number five, do you have a tried and true way or process of goal setting with kids? Um, so I don't necessarily have a, um, tried and true process. The way I do it is I do it the same way that I do it with my adults. Um, you know, I do smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, reliable, and timely goals. And we go through and really talk about what each of one of those means and how that might've impact the goal. We set goals and, um, we revisit goals and that's the biggest thing too often. I see, um, goals set and then they're never revisited or um, they're revisited too quickly or not at all. Those are the two biggest ones that I see. So what about Yeah, you? I don't know. I mean, I think talking about them is important uh, as, a, as an adult. And I mean, tried and true way. I don't think there is one way, obviously, because everyone learns a little bit differently and accesses things a little bit differently. But I think just talking about them and setting them. I mean, case in point yesterday, we had a lot of things to do as a family. And um, we were getting a little stressed. Um, my, my wife in general was like, oh, my gosh, we have so many things to do. And I said, let's make a list. Small things, medium things, and big things. Because when you have a list, and let's say those are the goals, and you can check them off, and we started checking things off really quick, some small things. And then we got some medium things done. And then we got some big things done. And everybody started feeling a little bit better because we're leaving town tomorrow, and we wanted to get things done. So I think making them public and putting them out, uh, and talking about them. Okay, where are we? Where's the list? And my kid would run over and like scratch something off the list. And that feels good. So I think if you take that same mindset and process to goal setting, and maybe each kid has them on their desk or on the wall, um, or virtually somewhere, I think public in view, where you can see them, where you walk away, where you walk by them every day. Um, I think that's an important thing. So I would say, try to bring some of those concepts into uh into the goal setting with kids. So, um, hey, tweet us your questions at Mr. Adam Welcome or at SheHeRW, and we'll try to answer as many as we can on our next show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, and be sure to tune in.